Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Shooting It Straight with the Rosses. We hope this episode blesses you as we share the things that God has placed on our hearts this week. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google Podcast, and Spotify. Just search Shooting It Straight to connect to all of our encouraging thoughts, posts, and updates. Love y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Shooting It Straight with the Rosses. I'm really excited tonight. We are going to be covering the topic of worship. And this is something that is very special to me. And I know that it's very special to our family. This is something that we have cultivated a lifestyle of. And I think it's important for every Christian to cultivate a lifestyle of worship. But I don't know, just something in particularly with worship and adoration and just soaking in the presence of God. It's just, there's nothing else like it. And so, I, I don't know. I guess we just should start this off first and foremost by what what is worship? And I would like to hear all of our answers. What What is your definition of worship? And don't steal mine. <laughs> if I hear my definition come out. It's really just putting your mind's attention. Wow. <laughs> and your heart's affection. Okay, okay. You know, thievery <laughs> is a sin. You stole it from someone else, so it's not really stealing. Pastor Jack said if you say something more than three or four times, it's automatically yours. That you say it from then on. And I've said it way more than three or four times. <laughs> With that being the case... I ought to like have all of Eric Gilmore's quotes too, because I've said those like a thousand <laughs> times. Yeah. We need to pay that man some money yeah. because just kidding. We're pirated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I guess I just want to say about worship. Um, we have been so blessed to have such great examples of of true yeah. worshipers in our lives. You know, um, the church that we came from um our pastor was a worshiper first an incredible pastor and an incredible evangelist and and a million other things but um he always had a heart for worship yeah. and he held it in very high esteem and um raised a house full of people who knew how to worship yeah. and how to engage with the father and um pastor yeah. sean <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I well, would be more happy to use his name. I wasn't. He deserves I wasn't honor. Thinking of that, I was thinking of Pastor Rick. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, Pastor Sean is totally different category. Same, same heart. Yeah. Uh, you know, been leading worship since he was eleven years old. I mean, yeah. Pastor Sean definitely was. It's true. Pastor leader, Rick is a worshiper. But Pastor Rick was. I mean, first and foremost, he is a worshiper above everything else. That's very true. And uh, I'm glad you said that. Yeah. Because I was thinking of Pastor Sean. Oh, no. <laughs> well, him too. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is, is um, you know, there's people from that church that we've just been so close to and had the yeah. uh, privilege of sitting with in their home and, and watching them engage with yeah. the Father and with each other and with people, you know, from the church in different places in their lives, um, you know, having them in their home to worship in their home and it has flavored absolutely everything that we do in our home uh to engage with god as well yeah um you know and and i just think that part of tonight's discussion if if it does nothing else i just want i just want to flavor other people's experience with god um the way that ours has been affected you know through through dan and i and and, um worship to me is just this intimate um, man, just a, uh, it, it's just like in a, in a relationship mm-hmm. with, you know, someone that you love, you want to spend time with them. You want to, you want to cuddle with them. You want to be still with them. You want to, you want to hear their thoughts. You want, you want to share your dreams with them. Like there's, there's an exchange and it's so beautiful and, um, just, just purpose, purposefully taking time to be super intimate with them. And you may have passing conversations, you know, hey, I'm gonna go do the dishes or hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go hunting or whatever. Um, but that intimacy, nothing that replaces mean? that. 
Go ahead. Well, I don't think it's just singing either. It is a lot more of a, it's a heart posture, you know, it's a, it's a, because you can worship in many different ways. You can do it with your time, your, uh, just, uh, just sitting and being in his presence. You don't have to ever sing a word, just sitting and basking, you know, because it is like a, it's like a wild love affair, you know, the relationship with the Holy Spirit or the Father or Jesus or whoever you want to incorporate into that, you know, I mean, it's just like, you know, they love on you and you love on them and, you know, that, that's true worship, you yeah. know, you're like, when you're intertwined, that's why they, that's why they use the uh, imagery of marriage so much, you know, because it's, yeah. it's a intertwining of our spirit with the spirit, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and just that adoration, that adoring him, yeah. you know, that's, that's true worship. It doesn't necessarily have to be a song, even though songs are great because it bypasses a lot of the mind stuff and goes straight to the spirit. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, but I think, you know, I just think it's important to realize it's, it's not just music, you know, there's yeah. many ways you can do it with your tie of your, your talents, your time, your, I'd say your time is one of the biggest things to be, definitely to be uh, consistent with the Lord. Because if you're consistent with Him, He's definitely going to be consistent with you. Because He's going to be there before you even show up. Yeah. So, yeah. it's prioritization mm-hmm. of God. Yeah, and that's huge. Uh, I love well, how. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I love how Eric Gilmore says that. Uh, you know, adoration puts God in His place and us in our place. It's just, it's beautiful. That's exactly, that's exactly what it is. I love how you said a couple of times, <coughs> it's not just singing, it's not just a song. And and I love to sing to the Lord. Oh, yeah. um, but there's so many people that think worship is that few minutes before a message during mm-hmm. service. Mm-hmm. That worship is just any song that's on Christian radio. And, and it's it's really not, yeah, you know. That's good. I like that. It's not just any song on the Christian radio. <laughs> no, and there's nothing wrong with those other songs. Yeah. They There's a lot of other songs that are are encouraging for us as Christians. Yeah. They're they're upbeat. They're, you know, they're good words. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's life-giving, but it's not worship. Worship mm-hmm. is, is directed toward the one you love. It's directed toward God. It's not really about you and and how you feel and how you need something mm-hmm. it's about giving it's about yeah. giving to god everything that he deserves uh, as lord and master and father and lover yeah. and oh man that's a good word that's a strong word yeah because i understand that like you know with where we're from we, we have a lot of joy fm listeners and things like that and i'm not bashing joy fm at, no, all. Not at all oh, i think man. it's a beautiful thing i encourage what they do i love listening to them myself you know every now and again uh, but I think it's just so important to realize that that a lot of those songs on there aren't worship. And now they, they talk about God and they talk about, you know, the things that we're going through. And we can connect with those and we can experience God through those. Mm-hmm. And just because you're experiencing God through a song, that doesn't make it worship. Because yeah. you can experience God through a secular song. I've had that moment. I sure. have too. Yeah. You know, and, and I remember hearing this song one time, uh, Electric Love. And it's a totally secular song. If you listen to it in the wrong mind frame, it's it's all about sexual encounter or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But man, whenever I listened to it with with spiritual ears, it was talking about you know being hit with that electric love, and I just all of a sudden just like the power of God, and like all I need is that. So anyway, I'm not getting into that. But you know, just because you experience God through a song, that doesn't make it worship. Right. And that like for me, worship. It is my definition that I use commonly. It's turning my mind's attention and my heart's affection toward Christ. It's not turning turning my my thoughts and affections toward myself and sympathy with myself of, oh man, I've had a rough week. You know, like it's okay to connect in that way, but boy, this might be a little heavy. But in that moment, we're almost kind of worshiping self, you know? And we're just kind of like, okay, got my eyes set on me, got my focus set on me. And, and I think it's okay to be introspective to a point. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that needs to be turned and postured towards the Lord. Because if we just listen to songs that are just, oh man, I had a rough week. I've been, you know, I'm a sinner, but God forgives. And I've been messed up. And I got to, 
I don't want to single out songs because I think that they're good in themselves. But if it's all we listen to, um, we can get off to where the focus is on us whenever it's really all about him. Yeah. And I think that that's, <laughs> that's good. That's a strong word. And I don't know. We might get some flag for it, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, man, well, it's I'm, not just music though either, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, we're just kind of talking about music right now, but it's, it's so many other things. Like, yeah. and so what we're talking about is real worship. We're not picking on artists or no, songs or styles. We're really not. Yeah. Um, cause I have a place for that. I, I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, probably more than you do. <laughs> I enjoy it yeah. every now and then. Um, but when it comes to like being on your face before God yeah. and just being like, God, you are just wonderful. You're so beautiful. You're mm-hmm. more than enough. You're my everything. Like there's, I mean, that is worship. Yeah. That is worship. And whether it's it's prayer or serving or whatever, we can we can worship in lots of ways, like you said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just kinda got stuck yeah. on the music there for a minute. Well I, I just I thought that was a good a good note. But like I was saying though, like it is, it's a heart posture and it's it's mind's attention, heart's affection on Christ. I love what Rick Aquino even says. He he put this out on his social media and he just wrote a little statement and it says that worship, it's so much more than a song or a goosebump or the warm-up for the preaching. Worship is about encounter. It's about love. It's about gazing upon the beauty of God and growing in the knowledge of who He is. Yeah. It's a beautiful statement right there. Yeah. And it completely sums up what it's all about. And I believe that what he said too, that worship is about an encounter. That your secret place in life we should be seeking to encounter the Lord and I'm not saying it's all about encounter I'm not saying to live for a goosebump I'm not saying to live for the little tinglies and or even the crazy expressions of falling out and all those things I'm not saying live for those things but I think that we should experience those things yeah. and, and encountering him that doesn't necessarily mean all those things it can be just encountering his peace it can just be uh, encountering him in faith and going in and just standing on the word and just standing in, and there's a lot of different ways, but I think that worship is intentional and it should always lead to encountering him. And like he said, growing in the knowledge of who he is, gazing upon the beauty of God. Yeah. When God's the center point, I believe that's where worship comes in. Yeah. Like there's nothing else surrounding that. Cause like, even with, you know, I've heard people say like, Oh, let's, what are you thankful for? And they'll pull people up and, you know, oh, I'm so thankful that I found this church or that I have this pastor or I don't know that that's, it's good. It's not a bad thing, but I don't know that that's true thankfulness. Thankfulness is, God, I thank you that you loved me before I even knew how to love. I thank you that you encountered me. I thank you that you love me. I thank you that, you, you know what I mean? It's, it's different. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just because well, God is the center point yeah. of of it. You know what I mean? So it is thankfulness when they do those things. They sure, are sure, thankful it is. For yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But worship. It's not true worship. It's not true worship. There should yeah. be a there should be a worship with your thankfulness. There should be a worship to your peace, to your love, to your. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many. There's so many facets that it should be just pure worship, pure adoration, yeah. pure stunned by Him. You know, yeah. you know. There's none like you. There's no. There's none before you. There's none after you. There's it. it just you know, just the beauty of God. Yeah. You know, I think a better way to say what you're saying because I get what you're saying. Okay. I think that a better way to say it is in worship, your thankfulness looks like something. It's not just being thankful for your pastor. It's not just being thankful sure. for your church. In worship, thankfulness looks like something. I think we should be thankful in everything. Yeah. But it's to and through and for God, all that. Um, but in worship specific, I think we can be thankful for, obviously, our pastors. And oh, I, sure, I'm yeah. very thankful for our pastors. I'm yeah, very thankful. thankful for our church. Thankful for my friends. Yeah. I'm th- I think Thanksgiving is a, you know, this is a baited question. I'm speaking on thankfulness on Wednesday, and I have a whole thing ready to go. <laughs> this, is, this is baited. But 
I think thankfulness is is a very important part of our Christian walk and encountering the presence of the Lord. In fact, this even kind of goes into what we were going to go into anyway. So don't worry, I'm not preaching. But um, I love what it says in Psalms 100, verse 4. It says that you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come bring your thanks offering to him and affectionately bless his holy, his beautiful name. This is the Passion Translation. In other words, in other translations, it's you enter his gates through thanksgiving. And, and it's a reference to the structure of the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. You have the outer courts, the holy place, the holy of holies. And you have these different levels that you're passing through. And I think an important thing to, to cover tonight, man, that just like, I know as we were talking about before getting into this, something that was really struck a chord with our hearts is just talking about the different types of worship and the varying levels of worship as you go through the outer courts, the inner courts, you go past, you know, the laver, you go past the, the lampstand, all these things behind the veil to the Holy of Holies. And, um, man, there's a lot in that, but Yeah, you can tear that down wow. huge because yeah. the tabernacle was supposed to represent the throne room of God or the the court room of God. Yeah. You know. So, you know, like everything you've seen in the tabernacle was a reflection of heaven, yeah. you know, and that throne, you know. Just like everything about it is a reflection of it. Even down to like, you know, mm -hmm. they use images of cherubims and stuff. Well cherubims fill the 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 uh, the uh throne room of God, you know, right. even says, you know, they fly around with wings covering their face and their feet, you know. I think saying, that's seraphim. Yeah. Was it seraphim? The seraphim's the one that got the, the wings okay. covering their face. But there's cherubims there, too. It talks yeah. about it in yes. different places in the Bible. Yeah. There's yeah. cherubims in there, and, you know, and it's just, you know. Well, like, there's seraphims on the tabernacle. Right. So, I mean, you have it both in in both places. So. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, but everything, you know, like, even down to the, the rods and the gold hooks and the silver hooks and how many there are, like, it all has meaning. Yeah, and it's got it. It's, it's very, it's very yeah. intricate, yeah. But I think that, you know, just for, <laughs> for keeping this short as we possibly can, sure, because I know our tendency. Um, and worship is our art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is part 115, guys. I hope you know that. Um, no. But, um, so I think just starting with, with the first one, Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I remember Michael Miller talked a lot about, um, just in many worship sets that it, and whenever we went to upper room when we were in school in, in, in Texas at Lifestyle Christianity, we attended church at upper room in Dallas and Michael Miller, man, just an incredible speaker. I have a lot of respect for him and his church, but, um, something he would talk a lot about is that every single worship set that he ever led is he always started it with thanksgiving because that's a biblical precedent here that he says that we enter his courts we enter his gates with thanksgiving yeah and i think that the reason why we're wanting to talk about this tonight this is practical like we want you guys to latch on to this not that worship is a formula i don't ever want you to like come to worship and be like okay first i must give thanks then I must do this and that. But I think that it's important to keep in mind what your worship looks like. And if it's lacking in an area, or if you see yourself, you know, I don't know. Does that make sense? Like, to, to be mindful of the biblical precedence of the sure. way that we go into deeper levels in worship. Well, sometimes we we feel like, boy, it's, it's, something just seems off. Yeah. Something doesn't seem yeah, it's like it's, it's functioning and flowing right. And when you look back at the, the, the uh, that's a hard word to say, mm -hmm. biblical precedents, yes. um, you can say, oh, well, I've been, I've been missing this, or I haven't, mm -hmm. I haven't done this the way that I used to, you know. Yeah. So I think that's why it's good to be able to go back and look. Not that you make it a formula, but <coughs> that you can say, oh gosh, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't been expressing my gratitude toward God. You know, I'm gone yeah. with my laundry list of items, mm -hmm. but I haven't expressed gratitude for all He's already done. You know, so it's nice to go back and look, I think, sometimes and find what is it that, that I've been forgetting. Yeah, I like how you guys say it's not a formula. It reminds me of that story. I think it was Eric Gilmore said he got picked up from the airport, and uh, this older pastor guy picked him up. And, you know, and uh, he's like, well, you know, let's worship or let's, you know, 
let's enjoy the presence of God, you know. So uh, Eric starts, you know, praying in tongues and trying to call down, you know, fire from heaven type, you know, prayers and, you know, and said, you know, say, you know, he felt God, but, you know, it wasn't like, like what he was wanting, you know, like, you know, like when you want to enter that, that place, you know, and the older pastor just went, Jesus, I worship you. And the power of God just fell into the car. And so they kind of made him mad because he just did it so easily. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's not a formula. It is just your, I worship you. Yeah. I adore you. I love you. Yeah. You I know? think it's important to, whenever we're coming into this topic, that God, what is the language God speaks? It's not English. It's not Hebrew. It's not Chinese. It's not you know Spanish. God's language is heart. God hears, he, he speaks heart language. Yeah. And so when we come to him, our, our, the, what we're saying may not be, thank you, God, but our heart is, oh, Jesus. But our heart's posture is thankfulness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that God reads our heart, and there's a lot that can be said, and just, oh, I love you. Well, I feel that even now. Yeah. But, like, just, there's a lot in that. That God speaks heart, and in your in your heart's posture, is everything in worship. Um, but just going back to to go through these things because I think again it's just fun to talk about, um, and biblical precedents too. But uh, so we have the gates of Thanksgiving. You go in, you have the bronze altar of sacrifice, and I think that this is something that I'll have a tendency to like skip over in worship, and like. Okay, God, I lay down this. I lay down that. And like, it's a. Um, I love what Eric. I am gonna have to give Eric Gilmore some money for all this stuff I'm stealing. <laughs> but Eric Gilmore talks about. Um, he says only nothing can be married to everything. Yeah. And when we come to Jesus, it's so important to empty ourselves up, uh, empty ourselves out, and to lay everything at His feet. And I, again, it's laying down on that altar, and saying, "I am fully surrendered to You." I am fully yours. I give you all that I am. I give you my week. I give you how my morning's been going. I give you my time. I give you everything. And I lay here at your feet and I say, I worship you. I think sacrificial praise is sometimes difficult because it requires sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I, th I think two things about that. One, um, just the word sacrifice alone means that we don't skip it. Mm. Yeah. We sacrifice our time. We prioritize God above everything else, above above our marriage, above our kids, above our jobs. We, we prioritize God first. Mm. And we sacrifice our sleep. We'll get up early to be with God. Or we'll stay up late to be with God will be inconvenienced to go to a meeting where we know that we're gonna we're gonna experience God there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We we serve a lot. We um you know serve in our church a lot and we just enjoy it. But there are some things that like I, we've had people say like gosh you you guys drive a long way. It seems so you know like why I've had people say why don't you go to church closer to you? That's not really the point, <laughs> you know. Right, it's not about uh, convenience. You go where God calls you, but, um, but I, I want everything God has for me, and I will sacrifice sleep. I'll sacrifice gas, money, dinner. I don't care if I know that there's going to be a Holy Ghost meeting somewhere, that there's going to be a, a worship service somewhere, and I just feel like God's tugging on my heart. Man, I'm I will there and, and I just think that's too often you know we don't even want to sacrifice our favorite TV show yeah. for time with God we don't yeah. want to sacrifice you know just oh, I just want to chill for a minute chill yeah. with Jesus you know <laughs> like it, it's not hard and you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, energized and and all that time will be yeah. restored to you through that time with God. There's anyway. no relaxation like the relaxation relaxation with the Lord because right. He gives that peace which surpasses understanding. I mean, you just talk about yeah. sacrifice, and I 
a lot of people look at sacrifice and they're like, oh, sacrifice, oh, that's awful. I look at sacrifice like it's the least I can do. Mm. I love how King David. God, God gave everything. Yeah. He withheld nothing, and that's the least I can do. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to interrupt. I thought you were finished. <laughs> I love how King David says, uh, you know, I won't give anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me something. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, I, I like that. That's, that's one of my favorites, mm. you know, and... Which does remind me, too, not to interrupt you, but again, <laughs> we're all over each other. <laughs> we're passionate about this. Yeah. Um, this just reminds me, just a little jab even at myself, honestly, because this gets me, too, is um, tithe. Yeah. That, that yeah. is worship. You giving your money to God is an act of worship mm. and sacrifice. Sure. Absolutely. You know, if you really want to go into deeper levels of worship with the Lord, give him your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing, not just the 10%. Give him the whole thing. Yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, man. This is a good one. I like this. this <laughs> my inner evangelist is just like, ah, we're cutting. <laughs> we're bringing the sword. Oh, I'm excited yeah. about this one. I like it. Well, the second thing about sacrifice, oh gosh, we're just giddy. The second thing about sacrifice that I thought of when you were, when you were talking was like, um, when you come before God and you're, you're emptying yourself out, yeah. to also sacrifice your expectations. Mm. You know, the sacrifice, not just like, like Pastor Kay was preaching today, you know, I want this, yeah. you know. God, do I choose option A or option B? And he's like, no, I actually have an option C you don't know about. It's not just that, but it's also like, um, I went to a Holy Spirit meeting this weekend and, and they were talking about just like, lay down your idea of what it's going to look like when God touches you. Yeah. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, boy, if, if I could just speak in tongues, man, that would be the thing. Or boy, if I go up there... I've got to fall out. If I don't fall out, then I, I didn't get it. You know, just sacrifice your expectation. Put them on the altar and kill them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and let God do what he wants to do. Ask him, God. You know, like, partner with heaven and just say, God, what is it that you want to do? What do you want to give me? How do you mm. want me to encounter you right here today mm. in my job with my family? In, in this meeting with this person, in the, the paying of my bills or yeah, whatever. How yeah. do you want me to encounter you in this, in this trial or whatever it is? And man, I just, I think sacrifice is so beautiful. You know, he, Jesus will always outdo us on every sacrifice. It's not like yeah. we'll ever be able to, um, to match what he did. But man, I, I think it's kind of cool to live my life trying. And that mm. sounds ridiculous, you know, but sacrifice is not a, a, a horrible thing. It's, it is, comes from the heart of someone who truly loves another. Mm. If you truly love Jesus, you'll give up anything to be with him. I think that's why the martyrs get a different robe in heaven. Yeah. Because they did lay it all down. Oh, yeah, that's a whole you different know? level. Yeah. yeah. I, I really like, um, yeah, just going back to the tithe thing. I was just immediately reminded of what Jordan Paskey was talking about. Man, his statement on tithing was so powerful. He was talking about how you know, where, your, where your heart is, there your treasure shall be found also. It's a mm -hmm. proverb. Well, in another way, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he heard God say, he goes, it's time for you to put your money where your mouth is. Because he followed the train. He says, your treasure is where your heart is. And out of the abundance of your mouth or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And he goes, and as he, he says, so really your treasure's tied to your speech too. And he said that he wasn't so much saying that, you know, oh, it's a talking about it. He said more so it's, we come to God and we give him singing praises, but we, we're not, we're, he goes, but we're pretty slow to match our singing praises to our money praises. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked the way how he said it. He said it a lot better than I did. You but, can have it all, Lord, but not out of my pocket. Exactly. <laughs> he didn't say that, but... Yeah. I just made that up. I thought that was pretty fun. You like that? I think you're proud of yourself, Mom. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> just ignore that. <laughs> So we have. I didn't want him to be saddled with that horrible analogy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So we have the outer courts. We went through the gates of Thanksgiving. 
we've gone past the Browns altar. So now we're into the inner courts, which we're coming face to face with the Browns labor. Mm. Uh, the brazen labor, my bad, not Browns. Um, when I think of the labor, I think of prophetic declarations of the word of God. That there is a type of worship where we sing scripture to him. Mm. We sing psalms. It even says it in the, in the epistles. Paul talks about it, and I believe Ephesians and, and maybe Colossians. There's different places, but he says to sing psalms to the Lord, mm. and also to give you know to, to sing spiritual songs too that, that the Holy Spirit gives utterance to, which talks about singing in tongues too. Yeah, I love um, and so I think that right here is because the water always represents the word, and I think that this is is dual because as we declare the word of the Lord to the Lord, not only is it glorifying him and it's bringing him glory, but it's also washing us. It's washing our mind. There's the washing of the word, which is the Lord, the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so it, it washes us, but it's also a prophetic declaration into what's to come. I love what Rick Pino says. He says, what your prophetic declarations are today will affect your praise and worship tomorrow. Yeah. And he's talk, he talks about like how we worship today affects our, our next worship set. Yeah. And so I think that this is really crucial and key that it's fun and, and amazing to sing the newest songs and the, and the great songs. And, and a lot of them do have scripture too. But I think that it's super important too to, um, to just worship the Lord through scripture and just singing out or just speaking out Again, because worship isn't just song, but it's the scripture. And this is even where art can come in. Like, because sure. art is worship. Yeah. You can begin to paint the word of the Lord. And you're worshiping God by him giving you prophetic pictures or just painting what you envision something to see. So anyway, yeah. there's all kinds of forms of worship. But I think this is one that is, is super crucial. And I don't see a lot of. Uh, intentionally, I don't like intentionally see it. I see it like just happen. But for me personally, it's 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 not very intentional sometimes. Well, I think there's different levels of worship too. Like your three songs get it done, and and like yeah, it's it's a good thing. And it's, but if you're wanting to go to that next level, that next unlock that next key to to God, like there has to be more than that. There's a there's a travailing. There's a pushing through. There's a Lord, I'm not leaving in a spot until you show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think there's just different levels of that too. You yeah. know? I think some of the most amazing um, services I've ever been to were back again with Pastor Rick um, when he would just chuck the message. Yeah. And he would, because worship would be so pure mm. and so beautiful. And everyone was engaged. It just sounded like the whole church was a choir. Yeah. It was beautiful. And and he would say something to the effect of, hey, don't worry about the message. We'll get it some other time. Or maybe we won't. This is where God's at right now. And this is where we're staying. Mm -hmm. You know? And he was just like, be mad if you want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is where God's at right now. This is where God's leading us. And we would worship for an hour and a half or whatever, however long it was. And it was some of the most beautiful and um, powerful services I've ever been in. Yeah. And it wasn't about me getting my word to get me through the week, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thought process. It was about just giving back to the Lord. And you can never outgive him, man. He's constantly just pouring back out over you. So yeah. it's just... I don't know. They were incredible services. Do you remember any of those? You might have been really No, I do remember those. Do you? No, yeah. I, I totally remember those. Those were some incredible meetings. There's a couple at Upper Room, too, where we mm -hmm. attended. And, like, you know, Michael Miller was just like, yeah, the God's doing something else, so we're not going to worry about a message today. Yeah. You know, so. And it's important to remember, too, that worship is the only part that's for God. I remember you telling me that as a kid, that when we go to church and... Man, I, I see a tendency, and this is something that I I did as I, as a kid because I didn't want to stand. I was just lazy. 
I didn't want to stand there and sing and all that. I just I wanted to sit down, get through church, and just go home. And you're gonna make me stand. Man, I don't even know what I would have done if you made me like a Catholic, where I have to like stand, kneel, get up and down, up and down. Like that's calisthenics. Like <laughs> I would have hated church even worse back then. But you know, thank God I only had worship to, to complain about, which was so stupid. But anyway, you know, so many people they want to come at the lateral part of worship or come in just for the message. And I remember you telling me that as a kid, that like, worship is the only thing that's forgotten. The message is something we receive for ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we get prayer. That's God giving something to us. It's, again, it's all about us. Outside of that, of fellowship, it's about community. Okay, well, we, that's not about Him. Right. The only thing that is to Him and for Him is worship. And I think that it is so important to come together in worship had a church leader tell me <laughs> one time oh yeah I uh, I usually skip the singing part and I was just like I, I was just like aghast yeah. I was like what? <laughs> you know and they're like oh yeah I just skip the singing part and I'm like you mean the worship? <laughs> it's not like I just I couldn't even process a real yeah. conversation with that person because we we're on totally different levels. Um, but it's like, how can you like? I won't even. I'm late for almost everything, but I am not late for worship. I'm not late for church. You I might be late camera. for being early, but I am not late for church. Um, you just admitted on camera you're late for everything. I am. I am. It's true. <laughs> It's That's not mine and Jake's fault for everybody listening. Oh, please. <laughs> I admit what I, part I play. Y'all just deal with your own stuff. Um, but no, I, I just was like, man, he, he just doesn't get it. You know, I had mm -hmm. to later, I took it to God because I was really pretty offended, actually. And I took it yeah. to God and I was like, I was hurt for him. I was just like, God, that bothers me that someone that is looked at like a leader doesn't even know doesn't even know yeah. what worship is about they they don't even understand how can they lead anybody else when they don't understand how important this is and that's for you like that's your part and for him to just like speak about it so just like nonchalantly and you know I, I just had to I had to go to God with that one and have him have him straighten my heart out because I just really was thrown off by that. Yeah. But you know, I guess if you're gonna if you're gonna be offended, be offended for God and then take it to him and have him fix it in you. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Moving on. We're we're um we're now at the table of showbread. And for me what this looks like this is where worship becomes reciprocal, reciprocal. Like, I love how when we enter in, a lot of it's us giving to him. But now we're entering the parts of worship yeah. that he starts to give things back. Which yeah. he, he does there, too. Like, there's benefits to Thanksgiving, obviously. And there's benefits to sacrifice. Fire falls on sacrifice. Um, you know, then you have your, your labor, you're getting washed, all that stuff. But here, man, this is where, this is where things get wild in my opinion. And when I think about the table of showbread, I, I think first and foremost of of communion. Yeah. Mm. That that is worship. Worship is such a beautiful thing and to do it in communion where you have the Eucharist. Where you have the <laughs> dog. <laughs> she just moved the camera. I'm gonna have to check the camera now. Thanks a lot. I will be the star of the show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Cut Dad out. Jerk. Thanks a lot. Wow. Well, this is our professional studio, so. He's probably going to knock that light down next. Don't. <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, it's the Eucharist, which is, you know, the, the, the body and the blood. It's the the piece of bread and the wine or the juice, whatever you use. And I think that coming before him in that manner specifically is so beautiful that we are literally partaking of the body of Jesus. 
We are partaking in the blood of Jesus that covers. I love Leviticus. Oh, I have it. I believe it's 11. Leviticus 11 something? I, I want to find it because it's important. Yeah, Leviticus 17, 11. Um, It says that the life of the body is in the blood. Yeah. yeah. And I love that when we eat of the body, that the blood that we drink, it brings life to the body that we just ate. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I, I, this is something that even, again, Michael Miller talked about, um, just talking about the importance of communion. And, um, man, it's such a beautiful thing to partake of the body and to partake of the blood as worship, to give him thanks, to give him glory, to give him honor, and to just dine on the body of Christ. I remember God giving me my first revelation on communion. Before that, it was just like a thing that you did. You recognize that Christ died on the cross. Like, yeah. it's a thing that you do in remembrance. Yeah. And um, But there was one Sunday um, where I was taking communion, and I just felt like God was showing me just a different level of what was going on there. And mm-hmm. I, I wrote a blog post about it, and it was just to sum it up. Um, I said when I when I um, took of the body, you know, we used oyster crackers at that point in time. Um, you know, I just as I put it in my mouth, and and I felt it crunching beneath my between my teeth. It was just like his body being crumpled his the beatings that he took that strike after strike after strike mm. and as I was chewing I just felt like I was destroying him and I was just like oh my gosh like I was just bawling and I was like oh like I could just sense what he felt in that moment mm. yeah. and uh, just thinking about man the how many times did I sin that I caused that strike that strikes on me that stripes on me, you know, and it was just like, mm. oh my gosh, like I just was overwhelmed by this this sense of what what Christ experienced. Yeah. yeah. But man, when I when I drank the blood, and uh, it was sweet, it was grape juice, you know, sure. but it was sweet, and and it washed away mm. all of that debris from the from the just the sin. For my sins, what yeah. they caused, and it washed all that way away, and it refreshed me, and I could just, I could feel it, like all the way into my stomach, just like it, I can't even explain what that did to me, but it was mm. such an amazing experience, and I've never experienced communion the same way since then. Yeah. Like, just it's always been, or, or not experienced communion to how I did prior to that. Yeah. since then but it, it just showed me something that was so beautiful that when I take communion I'm so serious about it it's yeah. not just like oh do the thing you know yeah it is is truly partaking of that experience yeah I think that you said a key thing too that that we have now entered into the tabernacle in this form of praise and what you said right there was saying I can't even ex- explain to you what that meant. There is parts in worship that we should get to that we have difficulties explaining. Absolutely. I've heard it said before that if you can explain your experiences with God, your God's not big enough. We need to get to that place as a body, not just because, oh man, we need to be the biggest and the best, but because we need those experiences that humble us, that says, he's a beautiful mystery and I don't understand, but it's beautiful. So that you can have the awe and the reverence and the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Fear of the Lord, that's a whole big thing that you could get into too. Mm-hmm. But like, man, there's something in the experience and the encounter that we can't explain that is so beautiful and different from the rest. Yeah. And now that we've entered into this temple, we're getting into, we're in the holy place and there's the holy of holies that we're getting into. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just getting progressively more reverent. And I think that we can come to church and flippantly do the first parts. I, I don't think we should, but I think that we can. Here, there's no room for that. Yeah. You take that nonsense outside, literally. You take that nonsense out to the outer court and the inner court. But if you want to experience God in this kind of a way, 
to where you have uh, just, you can't even express. There's not enough words in the English language to describe. There's not enough emotion to be, able, to be able to express the feelings and the, oh man, so much. If you want that, it, it, it comes down to reverence. It comes down to a fear of the Lord. It comes down to some, some heavy things that you need to just be still and really lean in on the Lord. I think that's why, it, you know, even just as I'm talking, I'm kind of getting revelation. But I think that's why it's more so focused on us receiving in this part. You know, because after we have the showbread, it's the lampstand. Mm -hmm. The lampstand. It's full of oil. Oil represents Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting it now. And I think it's such yeah. serious business, too. Like, he even killed Aaron's sons for messing that up. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, it's a... The importance of it. Mm. You know? It's just showing the urgency of it. You know? Yeah. Coming into that holy of holies. I think the, the lampstand... You know, just moving forward, because I think we've done, <laughs> we haven't done the Eucharist justice, not the Eucharist, uh, communion. I don't know why I was blanking on that word. <laughs> I don't think we did communion justice, per se, but we hit enough. Um, but man, just going into the to the golden lampstand that, that contains the oil yeah. of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is illuminating in that in that moment his fire is present mm, yeah. the oil the oil is what the oil of gladness joy the yeah. joy of the lord one third of the kingdom of heaven is joy the bible says that the kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost one third of the kingdom of heaven is joy yeah. and there should be laughter in the churches i think that the oil of joy should be present there should be laughter in our worship. There should be an enjoyment. The fire of the Lord begins to come upon us in that moment, I believe, to where we start to encounter Him in, in very reverent and holy ways. Mm -hmm. Where you do see, and it's biblical, where people fall down, where people begin to shake and tremble, where some people, you know, it's, it's overwhelming peace. For some people, it's, you know, there's a litany of things, and I don't need to go into all of them. But this is where the Holy Spirit begins to manifest in ways that confound the wise. That it doesn't make sense to us, necessarily. Mm -hmm. But it's in that place that, man, He illuminates things. That's what that lamp is doing. It's, it's illuminating. Yeah. And what is He illuminating? Is it the condition of our heart? Maybe. Is it, is it illuminating our future? Maybe. I think more than that, what is it illuminating? It's illuminating the holiness of God. Because yeah. it's in the Holy of Holies. Well, not in the Holy of Holies. It's in the Holy Place. Just before you get to the Holy of Holies. It's illuminating so that we can see God rightly. Mm -hmm. It's illuminating that this is what encounter should lead us to. Yeah. This is what a touch from heaven should look like. When we encounter the Lord in shaking and falling over, it's not to make a spectacle of and say, look at that. It's actually to illuminate the holiness of God. Yeah. To illuminate the, the beauty that is within his holy place. It's like when Jesus was in the garden and they were yeah. coming to arrest him. And they're, they're looking for Jesus mm. of Nazareth and he said, I am. Mm. Man, the holiness knocked him back. Yeah. I mean, he was the, declaring his deity. Yeah, but just just his name, his mm -hmm. holiness. Like we can't stand in that. Mm -hmm. People are always like, "Oh, that falling out." I don't know about that. Hey, you can resist it. You can choose not to. Yeah. You know, you can say, "I don't want that," and you can step back out into a different area yeah. of the temple, or or totally get out, whatever. But if you choose to stay. Mm. You're gonna be on your face, just like in Isaiah. Whenever, whenever Isaiah was was standing there in, in the throne room of God, and he was like, "Wow," on his face, I'm a man yeah. of unclean lips. Fell like a dead man. Like he he couldn't stand in the presence, and when God's presence is right there, mm. it, it you just can't. No, you need 
for your face to be on the ground. You need to just let God do what he wants to do. Mm. Let go of your dignity. Let go of your expectations. Let go of your idea of what you think is normal, your fear of man, whatever you care what people think. Let it go. Yeah. And let God do what he wants to do in you. Yeah. And it's inexplicable. Like you, you may not even know what he's doing in that moment. Yeah. But you can rest assured that he's doing something powerful. Yeah. Oh, it's dinner time. <laughs> Every time. But something I wanted to hit on too with falling down or shaking or any of those expressions that I talked about. Why? Why fall down? Why experience him in that way? I believe we need to fall down because that's a posture of humility. We're at, a, like I said, we're at a serious place in the presence of the Lord. We are not in the outer courts. Right. We are not in the inner courts. Mm-hmm. We're past all of that by now. We're at a place to where if you're going to go forward, you need to come humbly. And we can come boldly to the throne. We have right standing with God. We don't need to be scared there's a fear of the Lord that needs to be on us in a reverential place that says, I don't even understand what's happening to myself right now. I'm yielding to the river. I'm yielding to the presence of God. And I'm saying, I, I don't understand. And I'm giving up even control of myself that I'll, I'll shake. I'll fall out. I'll do this. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I come humbly and I say, God, you are in your rightful place. And I'm going to stay at my rightful place. Because what comes next is the holy of holies. This is serious. This is so serious, in fact, that even in the Old Testament, whenever priests would go into the holy of holies, they would tie a bell, and they would have a piece of rope around their ankle, and they'd tie a bell to them. And if they stopped hearing that bell jingle, they knew that that priest fell over dead. Because if they had one sin in them, or if they had one thing wrong, their heart wasn't right, mm-hmm. bam, dead. Yeah. Because God is holy. It's not because God's mean and wants to just kill people. It's the fact that his holy presence demands righteousness. Yeah. Now, Jesus covers us in his righteousness. I'm not saying that you have to be perfect whenever to get into this place. Not anymore, because Jesus is our righteousness. He is our perfection. He's made us perfect. He's made us right. But I would say conduct yourself rightly in the presence. Otherwise, it'll go in a flash. You'll find yourselves kicked out on the outer courts real quick. If you, you, you're in a holy moment, I think in this moment, it's a good time to just shut up. Yeah. To just, like, yeah. seriously, just sit there, lay there, and just, just, I would be careful to breathe. You need it to live, but be careful in it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's so much in it. I've been in those moments just this weekend. I feel like that's what I was experiencing after I got hands laid on me and got seated back into my spot is, man, I just got into a place of, of being in the Holy of Holies with the Lord yeah. to where talking and moving, it just, it felt wrong. <laughs> Not that it is, but it's just like, no, Jesus has center stage. And it's yeah. kind of like whenever you're at a movie theater and there's something center stage or you're at a play or whatever, you don't get up and just start talking to somebody Mm -hmm. you don't get up and you know get on your phone you don't have your phone out you don't you have your your attention is on a stage your attention is what's going on up front you don't you you don't go to the bathroom you wait for intermission you don't do that in the show and i think the same is true of this spot right here in in worship and i think that it's rare that we hit it because first of all we don't have the patience to wait for that spot there's a lot of people that are satisfied with being in the outer courts of God. And they get their little dose and they get their little tingles and they say, okay, well, that's good enough for me. I got somewhere to be or I got something better to do. <laughs> I think that this spot is rarely obtained in our day-to-day only because we're impatient. Yeah. And I think and that it's so by time. Yeah. We really are ruled by time. I mean... Well, I have to get home. You have to get to work on time. Yeah. You know, I have to get the kids to school. I have to school them at home or whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, we're always rude. <laughs> we're always quick to have other things that we know that we have to do. Yeah. And so sometimes, like, we, it's, it's not like it's 
horrible that you don't always get to that place. Yeah. You know, it's just like knowing that you can and seeking to do it regularly. Yeah. You know, there, there's realities of life and, and God knows that. And he, you know, Jesus experienced everything, all the trials and things that we have. Yeah. And he knows and has compassion for us. Okay. So like, but still just doing what you can knowing that that holy of holies is the goal and making sure you do whatever you have to do to get there regularly yeah yeah i i I don't want to be you know unkind and you know i understand people got jobs and things to go to as well i mean i do it too i'm not saying i enter the holy of holies every day not by any means you know this is something on me too that i'm I'm speaking to myself you know just uh it's so important to priori- prioritize his presence. Yeah. And it's so important to prioritize encounter yeah. in your life. To carve that time out. That's why it's so important to have a Sabbath, I think. Yeah. And your Sabbath time, you got time. You should be encountering the Lord in that day. Yeah. You know, so. Ramona, why? <laughs> oh my gosh, she's super thirsty. Hey, I don't even understand. Every time. <laughs> she cannot drink all day the minute we start this. She's like, oh, hey, I need food and water immediately. Yeah, she, she purposefully doesn't and drink all day. she brings it to the living room in front of the camera and chews. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Man. <laughs> wow. I, I just really, I love worship. Yeah. I think it's an important thing to cultivate a lifestyle of. Because again, this isn't something that you do on a Sunday night or a Sunday or whatever you're in church. This isn't something that you just do in your car on the way to, you know, whatever it is. It's a lifestyle of worship. You know, I, in the same way Paul talks about praying without ceasing. And just, tr- I would encourage you to try worshiping without ceasing. Just leave your heart connected. You don't have to disconnect. You can work and worship at the same time. You can be going about your day and just still have God on the forefront of your mind. And he's at the seat of your affection on your heart. And he's just right there. I always think of Eric Gilmore, man. Whatever. Shovel story. Story of the shovel. Yeah. Yeah. He had a vision. And in this vision, he was brought into like the house of God or whatever. And he was showing, uh, and Eric, Jesus was showing Eric his trophy room. And he goes in and he said, um, I, see the, I see the Lord's mantle above his fireplace. He goes, and what was up there? He goes, it wasn't my best sermons. He said, it wasn't my, you know, tithe and offering things. Yeah. He says, what it was, he says, what was up on that mantle? He goes, I saw him a shovel. And he said, and on that shovel, I recognized what it was. He goes, Whenever he was first saved, when he first came to the Lord, he was working in construction and he was digging pipelines. And he said that he would just be down in his hole. And he said he'd have the other guys up above, but he would just be down there all by himself, shoveling all day long these pipelines. And he said that as he was shoveling, he would just, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. And as he's doing it, as he's shoveling, tears fall off his face and they're hitting the shovel. And he says that my shovel would be soaking wet with tears. You know, and just have wet spots on his shovel where he would be crying in the presence of the Lord. And he's just shoveling. And, oh, God, I love you. You're so worthy. And just having an encounter at work. And that was at Jesus' mantle. He goes, that's one of my most special prized possessions. Is that moment where you just captivated by me. I think keeping that on the forefront of our mind as you know you guys have your regular week we have our regular week you know that the greatest treasures that we can give God is just our affection every day in different spots not in not just in church but it's just throughout our day You have my heart. That's it. Again, God speaks heart, and in that, 
he sees every layer of what we just went through. In one phrase, God, I worship you. Your heart could be saying thankfulness. Your heart could be saying, God, I lay everything down. Your heart could be saying scripture, God, you're worthy. You are worthy of worship. You're worthy of praise. You go in, you, you're at the showbread, you know, and then you may not be taking communion, but you're feasting upon him in that moment. And you have your labor, you have the oil of the Holy Spirit just flood your soul, you flood your heart, and you feel joy, you feel gladness, you feel the fire, you feel the presence. And in that moment, you just move forward, and there's that veil that's just torn already, and it's just holy of holies, where he just floods you. And one phrase that can all happen in a moment, because our heart's posture is all of that. So I think, you know, just an encouragement for you guys and encouragement for me throughout this week, man, is just to have that on the forefront of our mind before we get to our secret place time or, you know, just going throughout our day. Just maybe recount those things that we went through, you know, in, in the tabernacle and all that stuff, the holy place. And just put that on the forefront of your mind and with all the affection in your heart. And just receive from him in that moment. Yeah. That's where we find transformation. Absolutely. Yeah. That's where we find. I'll end on this because I know we're running late. I'm speaking a lot too. I'm preaching, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> this isn't a preaching podcast, but it kind of is now. <laughs> oh man. So even just going back to what you were talking about with the Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, soldiers coming to take him away. And he says, I am, and they fell back. And th this is something that I wrote a few days ago, and I think it's just important. It says that, uh, I, I said, this is a biblical evidence for falling down in the presence of God. Interestingly, these men were not Christ's followers. In fact, they were the soldiers that would lead Jesus to his capture and eventual death. God's presence is available to the unbeliever. I think that's important. I find it even more interesting that the soldiers continued with their plan even after a radical encounter like that. That blows my mind. That they still, after being knocked on their butts, and I read even in this that, like, there's a lot of soldiers there. Yeah. Like, I read, I don't want to get it wrong, but I read in my the pastor's head's footnotes, I thought it was like, like five or six hundred soldiers. They gathered around him. It was like a whole thing. Yeah. And they all fell. And yet they still captured him. And so anyway, that blew my mind. And so I, what I was getting from that is that I find it even more interesting that soldiers continue with their plan even after a radical, radical encounter like that. A touch from God doesn't mean change. It's an invitation for change. But the touch itself does not bring change. The only way we find change is by stewarding that encounter. Stewardship being the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just because you encounter God in a moment doesn't mean you're a new creation. New creation life comes through knowing Him. And there's scripture for that. <laughs> life, uh, it's in John, I remember seeing it, but to know Him is life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I won't go to it because for time. But, um, just because you encounter God in a moment doesn't mean you're a new creation. New creation life comes through knowing him. God's presence is a beautiful thing. And it's a great thing to desire and pursue. Just don't forget to seek his face along with his hand. Don't ever sever the two. The hand is connected to the face of God. The hand should draw you to his face. Don't be like these soldiers and walk away with an encounter, but not everlasting life. Devote yourself to the man named Jesus. And so anyway, I, I think that's important that when we talk about worship, when we talk about encounter and things like that, that it's not about just a one-time deal, bam, I got touched, whatever. Right. And, and that's it. This is, again, a lifestyle. And it's cultivating and stewarding that encounter mm -hmm. to see change, to see God move in powerful ways in our lives. That that's, that's where everything is. Yeah. So anyway... Yeah, that's really good. And this is going to be a was... long one. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm I not thought sorry. it was really cool at the uh, 
Holy Spirit conference that we were just at with Pastor Ryan, which is Jake's youth pastor, um, he said, and you wrote that before, mm-hmm. which I'm sure you pulled it from your youth days somewhere along the line. He probably imparted it to you. Um, he said, um, you know, the, the hand, when, how did he say it? When, when God extends the hand for an encounter, uh, some people say, well, you're supposed to seek the face, not the hand. Don't seek, don't seek mm-hmm. the hand. And he's like, when God extends the hand, it's attached to the face. Just look up. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful when he said yeah. that. And I was like, ah, oh, so good. Yeah. And so, you know, it's not that we seek encounter. It's not that we seek the goosebumps and all that, you know, all that stuff. But God extends it to us. Yeah. Uh, with the purpose of inviting us yeah. into something more with him. Yeah. And then it's our job to take that from that encounter, from that experience we had with him, and and to steward it well, to to do something with it. If he gives you, you know, the the ability to prophesy that we prophesied, if he gives you the ability to lay on hands and see someone healed, lay your hands on people and see them healed. Yeah. If he gives you the the gift of encouragement, go encourage people. You know, it it seems simple, but so often we're like, God, I, I want you know, I want this gift, you know, I want this or I want that. And God gives us things, but then we're just like, oh, okay, now I have it. Now I'm just going to put it on a shelf somewhere and just say I have that. Mm-hmm. And, and it's useless. Yeah. You know, we need to use those things that he that He gives to us. You got anything in closing? No, that's good. You guys had, you had nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> this was a lot of me talking, but... It was a lot of me talking. I'm passionate about it. What can I say? <laughs> No, it was good. It was very good, and um, you know, I just, I just think it's something that we all are very, um, very passionate about as a family and as individuals, and probably this is going to be long when we got started. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. Hope you all enjoyed it. If you have questions, if you, um, you know, have an encounters that you want to share, mm, uh, if yeah. you have uh, just, just a word of encouragement for somebody else. We just invite you to, you know, put something in the comments or uh, reach out to us in some way. And obviously, if it's a question, we'll do our best to answer or help direct you in, in a place to find some answers. Hi, Shooting It Straight fans. My name's Ramona. That prayer at the end went right way too long. So we're ending the video like this. God bless you guys. And uh, I hope you enjoyed seeing my little red face and loud chomping and ridiculously loud water licking now you're licking me what are you i mean now i'm licking my master so anyway this is ro talking enjoy the rest of your night we'll see you next week and god bless